With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, hello. Hey. Pay attention to the manager. Hello. Before we begin this episode of Manchester United Weekly Podcast, a quick announcement that we are running for an award. Yes, an award. Don't worry, you don't have to do too much, but we definitely do need your help. Check out our website, manchesterunitedweeklypodcast.com for full details. Or just tweet this phrase. I'm voting for at UTD Weekly Pod, that's P-O-D, as best football hashtag podcast in at the FBAs. Cheers, everyone. Now on with the show. Not that it'll be too positive. Hello, hello, welcome to Series 2, Episode 8 of the Manchester United Weekly Podcast as Jack returns, having settled into the American way of life at uni. Um, not that United made doing that any easier, losing our second and then third consecutive game in a row. The Feyenoord and then Watford, the same mistakes keep returning, the same gutting feeling does too, I suppose. Uh, Jack, it's not going to be as easy or as exciting as it looked after the opening three games, is it? No, not at all. Not the way I expected us to react to the Derby defeat in any way. In many ways, it seemed to almost have turned back the clock a year to how we were playing at the start of last season under Van Gaal. We, we looked so void of ideas going forward. Defensively, we looked shaky. People who we, we've become so accustomed to relying on, people like Daley Blind, even Eric Bailly in his short time at the club, just seemed to lose their way in the last few games, really. And it was a strange thing to see, especially from a, a Mourinho team usually so organised and so so good at making sure they get these results against the teams that they should be beating all the time. You know, the, the Derby defeat, as gutting as it was, Man City played very, very well in that game. We didn't play up play to our best. But then the final and Watford games really just were such a shock to the system. Um, and the performances were really shocking, honestly. There's not really another way I can, I can describe it. Massive, massive disappointment after a positive initial start to the season. Um, and now we have our, our work out just to stay in touch with Manchester City. Yeah, I mean, six points behind already. It, it is early in the season. They will drop points, but they've won eight consecutive games at the start of the season. 
and the the impact Guardiola's had has been astonishing. Some of the football they were playing in there, I think it was a four 0 win against Bournemouth, was just incredible. It's it's the style of our defeats that are, are more disappointing than the actual defeats. I think the 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 lack of energy in our performances, the lack of attacking intent in our performances, even more so than that, the the genuine lack of ability on show, even from from our best players, Zlatan Ibrahimovic is, is scuffing chances. He had two or three against Feyenoord, a couple against Watford. Paul Pogba will move on to the, the enigma that has filled um, very a, a huge amount of column space for journalists at the moment um, of Paul Pogba in, in a few minutes. But Paul Pogba not playing well, Ibrahimovic not playing well. As you, as you mentioned, Eric Bailly started the season so well, having a few a few little errors against Feyenoord and Watford. It, it's so worrying. And... The the main issue for me, the Pogba issue is a big one. Why isn't he playing at his best? But I think the there's a there's a bigger issue in Mourinho's current style. It's perhaps because United's defensive unit is quite poor in a way at the moment in the setup and the intelligence of our defensive unit. And Mourinho is trying to play with this with this deep line that we've seen at Chelsea, Inter, Real Madrid, everywhere he's gone, and that means not a lot of pressure on the opposition side. And we saw both Watford and Feyenoord just t- just took that 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 space that they were given. And Marcus Rashford against Feyenoord was was shouting at his teammates to come up and press with him because it's so important. We have run our side less than we have run less distance than anyone else in the Premier League so far this season. Uh, as a as a collective team, um, every single player added together in the Premier League, we've run less than any other Premier League team, and that I think that just shows our our lack of intensity in pressing and it's it's really paying off for the opposition teams to be able to keep the ball and, and create chances. Yeah, the, the lack of pressing really shocked me against final because I think I don't I don't think it had become quite as apparent in, in other games, I guess because we were controlling the game quite a lot. I mean against Manchester City it was a problem in the first half, but in some ways Man- um, City's football was, was so good it can almost hide the fact that, that we were so poor. Um Against Final, it really, really shocked me because Final took the game to us, and rather than putting them under pressure, and rather than actually trying to to force the game and force Final to play quick, to play quicker and rush them, we just stood off so deep with minimal pressure on the ball. But then, even when we were doing that, we we weren't organised properly, even despite staying so deep. That is usually the reason why you ch- you choose not to press the ball to keep at such a deep line is to stay organised and make sure that you cut down space when the opposition. Uh, move forward we weren't even doing that and so then it, and then when we did manage to win the ball back and try and counter-attack like you said Marcus Rashford was so isolated he he had absolutely nowhere to go most of the time Rashford isn't the kind of striker who is largely because of his, his stature he isn't, he isn't able to hold the ball up in the way that someone someone like Ibrahimovic can and even though he did it a few times he, that's not the kind of player that he is he wants to get on the ball he wants to be turning and running at players and he just had absolutely no support the entire game and it's tough to just single out one or two people for that. And it seemed to be an entire team collective problem. Rooney, Pogba, Fellaini, they were all staying so, so deep. The, the, mid, uh, the fullbacks weren't getting forward enough. The wingers weren't, weren't getting forward enough. They were so, they were incredibly deep as well. Um, and, you know, after the derby, Jose Mourinho singled out a couple of people for, uh, harsh criticism there. But even in, even in the derby, it was, a, it was a collective thing. And, for that game, I kind of let it go because I thought it was it was almost a mark of respect for Man City in the way they they were playing. But when we're doing the same thing to teams like Watford and, and Fyre, no disrespect to them, but it's not it's not exactly top quality football. Um, and we're still giving them far too much respect, far too much time on the ball. And 
even against teams like that, they will punish you, and that's exactly what happened. The City game, it seemed to be a, just a small hurdle that we'd overcome against Feyenoord. It was a, a slightly easy opposition to which we could recover from and, and, and get a, a big win against. But Feyenoord are a good side. Perhaps we underestimated them, particularly in our, our refusal to press. You think this is a side who, yes, are good, yes, are undefeated in, in the Dutch league, and I think they only conceded once before they played us, and of course we <laughs> we didn't stop that. Um, and and you think if you press this side, they're coming up against weak opposition most weeks. If we press this side, we we could have a, a very good chance to to really put some pressure on them, really create chances and nick the ball off them. And the the one or two times that we actually did that, we did win the ball and we did create chances. And to me. Yes, it's okay if we start by not pressing. Maybe that's Mourinho's system. Maybe that's what he, he thought was best. But the unwillingness to change at half-time, and maybe that's not Mourinho. Maybe that's the players' fault. We don't know. He seems to be blaming the players and the referee, a mixture of the two. And that's another sort of an annoying thing to hear. You come out of a game where the, everyone's complaining about the system and then you're complaining about the system and, and you think, well, it's not the players' fault and it's not the referee's fault. Yes, we've had poor decisions against uh, Manchester City. Claudio Bravo should have been sent off, and we should have had a penalty. I, I think. Um, I, I think I remember you tweeting that you disagree. Um, against Feyenoord, the goal was um, definitely offside in the build-up to it. Against Watford, arguably their first goal, there was a foul in the build-up. That's very debatable, and that's three decisions in three games. Yes, it's very unfortunate, but a team like Manchester United should be creating enough chances and enough goals um, to, to combat against bad decisions. We should be able to overcome bad decisions, not use them as excuses. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And the, the thing is, when people, when people talk about bad refereeing decisions, yeah, we have had a few in, in the last few games that maybe could have gone differently. But at the end of the day, that's, that's just part and parcel of football. It's always going to happen. And like you said, if we'd have put in a good performance, then one, one bad decision against Watford, one bad decision against Final wouldn't have cost us the game. And we, you know, it's it's all well and good for for Mourinho to come out and, and say what he's saying about the officials, and he's entitled to to say that. But he needs to have a long, hard look at himself, his coaching, and his team, because quite frankly, at the moment, they're performing nowhere near the level that they should be, nowhere near the level that they should be for the amount of money that that we spent this summer, and nowhere near the level they need to be performing at if we're going to have any chance of winning the league, let let alone even challenging Man City, because at the moment they look like they. They seem to be running away with it. Whether it whether it comes down to changing the style of the team, changing the personnel, changing the formation um, remains to be seen. Personally, I think probably a combination of all three. But it will be interesting to see how Mourinho in particular reacts to this because we've seen that he can be quite stubborn with his starting uh, lineups in previous uh, clubs. We've seen that he does like to stick with the same eleven as much as he can. So be interesting to see how he reacts if he does change things up because it doesn't seem like he knows his starting eleven yet, and that I think is a big part of the problem. Yeah, and it's there are a few injuries. Mkhitaryan's injured, Lingard's injured, but even if we had a full squad, I don't think there could be a situation where United fans, United former players, pundits, etc., and the United managerial staff could <laughs> could could ever agree on a starting eleven because there's no clear best 11 players in the team and and suddenly there is and it's not being played because people are, are frustrated at Wayne Rooney and frustrated at the, the partnership of Paul Pogba um, who should play next to him who shouldn't play next to him should there be a three-man midfield or two-man midfield 
no one knows our best starting eleven. This is what preseason was for. And yes, it's good to have a short preseason so you're not too affected by by the time difference or or similar things like that. But we ended preseason with one game against Wigan, Wigan Athletic, uh, not even with our proper team. We we played against Borussia Dortmund, got absolutely hammered by a very talented young side. Our game against Manchester City was cancelled. And then we had a Wayne Rooney testimonial. And arguably that that's not enough to find your best starting eleven, particularly when you're making uh, quite a, quite a, a, a number of, of very important signings. And we still don't know our best starting eleven, and we still don't know our best system. And, and that seems completely baffling. I think it is worth noting that um, we are about eight, seven or eight. I think we've played seven games this season. And at the start of the season, we won three and Mourinho shouldn't have been seen as 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 a god coming in um and and we shouldn't have perhaps we shouldn't have got our our hopes up that much um but i think it's worth noting that yes it it's a bad situation is it as bad as van hal was that football as bad as van hal it it was a similar styling that we passed around a lot but is that the same as van hal not really no it it was much quicker play there was a at least a few a few moments where we, we even had a shot on goal and was is this a course for Mourinho to be sacked? Absolutely not. People are people have gone even more short termism than under previous managers like David Moyes and, and Louis Van Gaal. And on the other side of the argument, is 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 everything going to be fine? No. We Mourinho does need to take a look at himself, and Mourinho does need to sort this out because the last three games haven't been good enough. We shouldn't be losing three games in a row, and we definitely shouldn't be losing three games in a row to to City, Feyenoord, and Watford. Yes, arguably City, but if we're going to win the title. And if we're going to challenge for the Champions League in future in future seasons, we should be beating City. That's that's okay. But losing to Feyenoord and Watford in the same week, that's poor. Absolutely. And in in some ways, that was the one thing that Louis van Gaal did get right in his, during his time at Manchester United is that he did he did perform well in the big games. I saw a stat the other day that um, while he was in charge, we were we were by far the the best performing of the so called top teams when it came to games against each other. Um, and I think in those kind of games, actually having that control that Van Gaal's very dour style of football gave us, as, as boring as it was to watch against the, the smaller team, that level of control actually makes a big difference in games like that. And it's a level of control that we never had, especially in that first half against Manchester City. And although not really needed against sort of lesser teams, in the big games like that, it, it might be something that we need to think about because right now, I don't think we have the quality that, say, um, Mourinho's uh, newest most recent title win inside at Chelsea had going forward. I don't, I don't see that kind of star quality or and and pace as well um, in our side yet to be able to play that kind of counter-attacking football. And, and more importantly, defensively, we aren't strong enough, we aren't organised enough to be able to withstand ninety minutes of constant attacking from the best teams in the country like Mourinho's Chelsea uh, title win inside was. So we need we need to have a rethink about how we want to set up against the big teams and then. In, in sort of the, the more mundane games, I mean, the style of play is better than under Van Gaal. Let's, let's not, not, see, not get any um, kind of different ideas. We are playing better football in, in the, the first four games of the season. We were playing some good stuff. We looked very good. And what you're saying about the short-termism really just came, it came to the fore as soon as that City game ended because it was suddenly all doom and gloom when, for the past four games, everyone's been talking us up as, as title contenders. Um, Three three losses in a row does represent a sort of a mini crisis, I guess. But it's not time for any any rash decisions. 
we, we need to bounce back. We need to make sure that we're putting out the best performances that we can. And it, we've been talking about Mourinho a lot, but it does come down to the players as well because there's only so much a manager can do. And although I don't think Mourinho has um, got everything right, the players need to look at themselves as well because, you know, we do have a, a strong squad. We have we have some talent in that in that team, and we aren't being sh- and they aren't showing it right now. Yeah, it, it's exactly that. Yes, partly it's Mourinho's fault, and but the really worrying thing for me is that it was three games in a row. Even if we hadn't lost, the performances were were really really poor, and there was very obvious flaws with with our system that didn't change, and. He argues that our second half performances have been much better against City. Yes, that's definitely true. Much better against Feyenoord and Watford. I mean, they were very marginally better, yes. But uh, to to come out after the game and say, oh, we deserve to win because we had a better second half performance. That's just not true. And yes, I, I'm all for, for distraction techniques such as blaming the referee. Ferky loved it and it, it worked very well for him. But it usually works when you're when you're losing one big game to blame the referee. Yeah, fine. You lose three games in a row, including one big game, and including two games in which you then have to make a statement in. <laughs> to blame the referee after that in every single game doesn't work, and to then blame the players also doesn't work. Th- those aren't distraction that techniques. They're they're just denial. That's very Louis van Gaal-esque denial. Um, what's worrying about Mourinho, and yes, the players need to do better. Paul Pogba needs to, to, to kick on in his United career. I've been telling people that I'm just going to be smug in two months' time when, when he is proving that he is very close to be worth 89 million even though no one is actually worth 89 million and, and Zlatan Ibrahimovic probably needs to get back on the score sheet because he's had probably five or six chances where he should have scored from in the last two games others others need to do the same they need to look at themselves Wayne Rooney is, is probably probably the big one that people are waiting for me to, to mention um, but the, the worrying thing about Mourinho is that he hasn't or he, he hasn't looked to change the things that were wrong and even if he's saying that our second halves are better, why are they better? Why can't we go out from the start with a system, not focus on the opposition, not have to change at half-time to what the opposition does? Why can't we go out with a system and make the opposition change to us? Because the, the ability in our squad is definitely good enough to, to force the opposition to play us, not us to play the opposition, including clubs like Manchester City, who, yes, have a very good squad, but we should be, we should be forcing them to change, not us. Yeah, there's, there's definitely a few a few players who can be picked out of the the collective um, like ne- negative performances. Like I guess if you want to call them that, the big one, Rooney, as, as you said, big talking point for the last couple of years now, really. And I, I've always I've always tried to defend Rooney where I could, although my heart is still says that he can reproduce his old form. Um, you know, it's, it's hard to to hold on to that anymore. And I think he definitely does need to be dropped for. Maybe it's just the game against Northampton. Maybe it's the next the next league game um, to really make more of a point. But there can't there can't be any uh, sentimentalism from from Mourinho now. And he I, he doesn't or at least his career so far seems to su- to suggest that he isn't the kind of manager that would just keep someone in the team for for sentimental reasons. And I think if Rooney can't prove himself in the in the score, which at the moment he isn't, then his place needs to be looked at, and it, and he he should be coming under as much pressure as anyone else. Because what he was, what it could be that he's also doing is is hindering Paul Pogba. There's been a lot of talk this week about Pogba's performances not hit the ground running by any means. He had a good performance against Southampton in his first game, um, but since then it has struggled really um, for for any kind of rhythm. 
and maybe a move uh, pushing Pogba further forward would help. Yeah. And again, that that all really stems from from Rooney being dropped because Rooney has said before he doesn't want to see Rooney playing in midfield as, as a as a centre mid. He's certainly not going to get in the team as a striker ahead of Ibrahimovic and now Rashford. Um, so it's going to it's tough to see where Rooney fits in the team anymore. Um, but it's not it's not just those two that I've seen that has been. I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty, I'm pretty confident that every person in our in our team this year pretty much has put in at least one bad performance so far, and most of those have come in the, in the last seven days, um, which is which is really the worst thing to, to the hardest thing to take because it's not just been individual mistakes; it's individual mistakes that are costing you games. They can be rectified; they're generally one a one off. The player can be dropped. It's been a collective effort where the whole team's performance level has dropped so dramatically from. If we go back to, to the game against Southampton in our first game of the season, when uh, our first home game, and when we played some, some great stuff that game, had some really good performances, the team seemed to be clicking really well. And since then, it's just been downhill, downhill. Every single game has been getting slightly worse. And then this week, we seem to have just dropped off a cliff. Um, and we need to, the players need to look at, look at themselves a lot. We need to think about dropping some of our, our, our bigger, bigger names in favour of people who perhaps we'll take the opportunity a little bit more. Yeah, on, on the Wayne Rooney issue, for people that don't understand why we love Wayne Rooney, it's because, for me, I, I've, ne- <laughs> I've never seen, this might, you might see this as a bad thing, but as in why is he started, but we've never seen uh, a Manchester United side without Wayne Rooney in it and without Wayne Rooney being a prominent figure in it. And to, to, <laughs> to know that you're your childhood hero is kind of just drifting away. It isn't, it isn't pleasant. And it's, yeah, it's obvious he should be dropped now, but I, we still hold that, that the very small, um, glint of hope that, that maybe he could do, do great things again. And it's, it's very unlikely, but the, the worrying thing with Rooney is that he's always had bad, bad moments in games, but, it's starting to be that the, the good moments, which do come in every game, and even in his bad performances, good good moments come. There were a few passes against Watford which were good, but the the bad moments are very very rapidly overtaking the good moments, and and that's the big worrying thing. And I think he should play against Northampton, give him a chance against a lower league club. If he scores a few, confidence gets back up, then you can play him in the Premier League. If he doesn't, then he's dropped for the Premier League. I think is is why. The the thing I think Mourinho will do is is rest him for Northampton and then he'll play in the Premier League against Leicester City on on Saturday, which is probably the wrong decision. It, it's difficult with Rooney because everyone is so it, it's not really an agenda because he has been poor, but everyone is so focused on Rooney and it's not just Rooney. On the uh, very quickly because we spent quite a while on this, Paul Pogba, who's your midfield partner or your or your midfield duo next to, to Paul Pogba? For me, I I would like to see. Schneiderlin and either Herrera or Fellaini. Um, I, I didn't think a couple of months ago that I'd ever consider Fellaini as a starting option um, under Jose Mourinho, but he's earned he's earned that kind of um, that, that kind of credit from from me uh, because of his performances. He's been a, a really good asset in midfield in the last few weeks, obviously not last few, uh, three games, but before that he played. He was playing really well in many ways, outshone Paul Pogba in his first four games of the season. So. In terms of the ability on the ball, it's no contest. Herrera is miles ahead of Fellaini, but Fellaini does seem to give us something different. However, with Schneider in there, the question then becomes, is Fellaini, ne- is Fellaini needed if we've already got one quite combative um, defensive midfielder? 
I definitely think three in midfield needs to be tried though because it was the system in which Pogba seemed to thrive the most at Juventus. It's a system that is starting to become more and more prominent in in, um, in football at the moment and people kind of move away from the 4-2-3-1 Mourinho seems to have been sticking with. And I think if we can get the right personnel in that formation, and it gives the it gives the midfielders a bit more freedom because rather than having such a rigid, you know, two at the base and one further forward in a number ten position in the middle of the park, it, it just allows for more interchange of position between the three in midfield. So I'd like to see that because I think Pogba and Herrera or Pogba and Fellaini um, playing alongside Schneiderlin would offer us something that we haven't had so far. Hopefully, a bit more dynamism in in, in midfield. I'd like to see that. I'd also like to see Michael Carrick. He's been given a new one-year contract. Probably should get a chance now because Schneidlin is great at breaking up the play. Um, did a fantastic job against Feyenoord. One of the only players who, who came out of that game with any credit to themselves. I'd like to see Michael Carrick there. He can control the game. He Because Pogba is currently sort of trying to do that role as well as all of his other roles by being the deep defensive uh, midfielder who's playing out balls here and there. And Michael Carrick can take that, that responsibility off him and allow him to, to move forward and provide him with the, the passes to, to dribble through and attack. Morgan Schneidlin, can you play Carrick, Schneidlin, Pogba? You can try it out for certain. And and Fellaini is doing himself great credit. Performing better than Pogba in most games at the moment. Usually one of our best players on the pitch and he's losing possession a lot less. He's committing fouls a lot less and he's winning aerial duels the same amount. So... A great start to the season from Fellaini. It would be harsh to drop him, so perhaps he has to go in there as well. But I'd probably like to see Carrick, Pogba, Schneidlin at points. But can you play Carrick and Schneidlin, two defensive midfielders? Maybe you have to go Carrick, Pogba, Herrera. So that would probably be an exciting midfield three. Now, while we've been losing at first team level, our under-23s haven't been struggling to find the net in recent weeks due to a lack of a single striker and very few wingers. Netted three against Derby County on Monday night. Scott McTominay scored twice and has since done an intriguing interview with the club's website. One came from a wonderful curling cross from Josh Harrop, who netted United's second a penalty, and Derby's Charles Van Am scored both of their two, forcing Axel Twanzebe into a few errors. Twanzebe, who is the new under-23s captain, played the full 90 minutes, so is unlikely to feature against Northampton Town on Wednesday, despite many people wanting to see him do so. Twanzebe and Van Am were actually two of my picks from Premier League 2 in an article for 442, and I guess this time Van Am beat Twanzebe. Um, the under-18s, however, did not fare so well. Having scored five goals in three consecutive league games, a very impressive feat. They faced a very strong Manchester City side, last year's champions at this level. Jaden Sancho gave City the lead and would have scored many more had it not been for an excellent performance from defender Leo Connor, the Irish very, very good talent in Kieran McKenna's squad. City did get a second in United's formidable quartet of Indy Boone and Taith Tronk. Angel Gomez and DJ Buffon failed to respond. Buffon was actually substituted after United's goalkeeper Ilias Muntasebtoi was sent off. He clattered Joe Hardy before Sancho, the first goal scorer, gave him a push. Muntasebtoi responded by attempting to yank him to the ground. He was sent off. Sancho booked and City goalkeeper Muric booked, having charged the entire length of the pitch to get involved, which seemed a Quite a small punishment for doing that. Phil Foden scored City second moments after that against Max Johnson, who had barely settled in into the, the goalkeeping role, having been substituted on a few seconds before. And our lone players have been in action. We've got seven of them. Only Guillermo Varela is injured at the moment. He's out for three to four months with a torn ankle ligament, which is a shame for um, Eintracht Frankfurt in the German Bundesliga. Cameron Borthwick-Jackson, 
um, was in action for Wolves again, putting in another good performance at left back as he impresses the Wolves fans. They're all raving about him online. Andreas Pereira was the first United player in action on Friday night, playing in central midfield for Granada against Real Betis. He's also impressing and earning plaudits off the Granada fan base. James Wilson was subbed off at around the 60-minute mark for Derby, which appears to be happening almost every game, which isn't a promising sign as they faced Bristol City. Adnan Yanazai played for Sunderland again against Spurs. He's playing basically every game in a 1-0 defeat. He's drawing both critics and plaudits for his play, but there's there's not really much doubt in my mind that he needs to find consistency within games. Um, so over the course of 90 minutes, not just over the course of game after game, dips in and out of game so much. Um, and he really needs to, to be a constant threat um, or, or just a constant source of, of chances throughout the game, not not hiding away at points when his team aren't playing well. He needs to be the one that, that forces his team to play well. Both Dean Henderson and Joel Pereira, our goalkeepers out on loan, were unused substitutes. Henderson for Grimsby Town against Crew Alexandra and Joel Pereira in the Portuguese Liga. Now, we've got a midweek fixture against Northampton Town. Uh, very glamorous. And it, it probably comes at quite a good time, doesn't it? Um, try to get back, uh, try to get a few goals to, to get the confidence up. But that's sort of what we thought for um, for Feyenoord, isn't it? Jack, predictions for, for Wednesday's kickoff against Northampton? <laughs> Well, quite hard now. I'm quite glad I wasn't on last episode because I would have got two predictions badly wrong. I want to go with a win. Our performances recently and in the last couple of years in this competition don't fill me with too much confidence, I must admit. But, listen, if, if we if we play how we know that we can, then we, we should win pretty, pretty comfortably. Um, but the, these ties are always tricky, always a potential banana skin. I'm going to go with a yeah, tight 1-0. That, that would be very, very, very Van Gaal, wouldn't it? And, and perhaps that's also Mourinho. Um, just thinking back to that that one 0 win against Sheffield United in the FA Cup, actually, and I think we we beat Preston North End by a narrow margin as well. I think that was FA Cup as well. See, I want to sound more confident than that, and I want to hope that that we'll we'll press against Northampton, we'll cause them to to make their own issues, and we'll we'll notch up a few goals on the score sheet. Um, but it's quite hard at this moment in time. I, I think we will come good. It's just. Um, at the moment, I think we're we're in a bad spell. And we're trying to find our best eleven and our best system, and that's going to take time. And that may also include a, um, a, a only a one nil victory against Northampton. I'd like to see Timothy Fossumensi involved. He, he didn't play for the under twenty threes against Derby County on Monday night, so I mean that may be a hint that he's going to play on Wednesday. But Axel Twanzebe, who many people were hoping to see on Wednesday, did play for the under twenty threes, captain them. Um, not a great performance for him actually. Um, which is rare because he's usually excellent. Um, so we probably won't see him against Northampton, mainly because we don't really have many players in our under-23 side, so there wasn't much option if he was going to be dropped. Any any other players you'd like to see? Maybe fringe players? I'd quite like to see Memphis Depay. Yeah, I agree with Memphis. I'd, I'd like to see him play. There's not too many, really, because we have so many first-team players at the moment that aren't get that aren't managing to get many minutes that you'd expect a lot of, those, a lot of them to come in. People like Michael Carrick, as you said before, so I expect us to still have quite a strong lineup, even if it isn't a uh, majority of our starters. Yeah, I, I would have liked to have seen Axel Twanzebe get a game. Obviously, he's playing for the under-23s tonight. would expect Rashford to start again, although he's pretty much first-teamer himself now. Uh, well, he's definitely a first-teamer. Sorry, he's almost a, a first-11 uh, player now, the way he's the way he's going. Just quickly, actually, someone I hope will play who is in the first... I hope Martial will play, um, because he's had a terrible start to the season, really. Been one of our worst players, I, I think. 
seems almost like he, he doesn't really care what's going on at the moment. So I hope that he plays. Hopefully, if we can play well, he can grab a couple of goals to try and get his confidence up because you can see in his game at the moment that he just isn't confident at all. Maybe having not such a great year, he's been playing any minutes as, as affects him or, or, or whatever. But I'd quite like him to, to, to stay in the team. But apart from that, I, I can't really... I can't really see too many people getting brought in from the um, from the youth setup because we just have so many first team players now that aren't managing to to get any minutes. So yeah, it'd be good to see Martial play. just to get his confidence up. I think that's the same reason why I want to see Memphis Depay, who has come on a few times and not really done much to to aid his his bid to start. Um, but yeah, definitely Martial to get his confidence back up and, and maybe get him a little more focused would would be great. Yeah, as you say, there's so, there's so many squad players as as they call it now that it's difficult to bring up players from from the under 23s um who it's also difficult to bring up because there are so few of them at the moment and particularly in the areas that we need them there's no there's no uh, usually you get young players young attacking players who come up from from the youth ranks where it's not really defenders and at the moment there aren't many wingers or, or strikers in in the under 23 setup in fact there are so few that um, a defensive midfielder was playing up front for, for United against Derby and has been all season. And then uh, another busy week this is. I think we've got seven games of September. Then we play Leicester City um, at home again. It, it's going to be tough because, I mean, their, their new signing, Islam Somani, scores twice on his debut. Ahmed Musa looks a, a, a very genuine threat, particularly with his pace. And they've still got Rian Mahrez and Jamie Vardy. It's, it's not going to be an easy game. They're in good form. They've just won three 0 in both the Champions League and the Premier League. Predictions for this one, Jack? It's going to be going to be a tough game, uh, without a doubt. Leicester seems to be regaining their form. Started off with the season with a few poor results, but gradually been getting better. Like you said, Islam Slimani seems to be coming into his own. Great performance at the weekend, um, and they're coming off the back of a really great victory in the in the Champions League. So I'm going to go with a, a two all draw. I, I definitely think it's going to be a high scoring game. Both teams can at times be quite suspect defensively. I can't see us keeping a clean sheet, whatever ha- whatever happens, how potent Leicester are going forward and how shaky our defence is at times. But I don't think we'll lose. I think, I think we will get something from the game, but I don't think it's we'll quite have enough. It's difficult to say until we play Northampton because if we, if we really do rack up a few goals, which we see as unlikely, I mean, it changes quite a lot. But, I mean, if it's another nervy game against Leicester, you could see an, another loss or, as you say, a, a high-scoring draw. But, yeah, definitely, I don't I don't think we'll be keeping a keen sheet uh, against a, a very threatening and quick Leicester, Leicester side. We've got a few questions, haven't we, Jack? We have a couple, yes. Um, so the first one from at JBHAFC says, Thoughts on Jose taking no hesitation when it comes to publicly criticising players? We've mentioned this a bit, well, I've mentioned this a bit about how I think he should stop shifting the blame. The blame game doesn't usually end up working out well for him or for anyone, or or at least it doesn't doesn't really work well at a consistent level, maybe once a a few games a season, yes it works, but not not three games in a row. Publicly criticising players, not particularly a fan of that either, would rather that he sort of accepted the system's flaws and because Louis van Gaal was often, I don't know, Louis van Gaal was in denial a lot, but I quite like the fact that he didn't ever blame his players. He always said, to, to the contrary, even even Wayne Rooney, which people mainly got annoyed at, but I think it was it's better to defend your players than to attack them. I absolutely agree. I think it's not it's not something to be done, especially especially what two months into the start of of a new job to be coming out and criticising the players 
the, the players right now, especially after a, a tough week, they need the encouragement of the manager. They don't need him to be publicly criticising them because whilst some players might react well to that, they might give him a kick up the, the backside. I think a lot of players actually react negatively to that and, and it, it gives them more of a, a dip in confidence than they already have. You know, Our players at the moment are obviously aren't in a great frame of mind coming off the back of one of the toughest weeks that, oh, hopefully, the, the worst week that we'll have this season. And then the manager comes out and publicly criticizes them. And that's not what you really want. You want a manager that's, that you feel and that you trust is going to stand by you. And right now, with Mourinho criticizing players, it's not something that seems to be happening. Mourinho needs to become, in my opinion, a little bit more, a little bit more veiled in his, in his interviews and, and what he says to the media because whether he means it in a, in a, uh, to, to try and give them more confidence or not, the way it comes across is that he is already starting to lose faith in the players and that can't help the relationship between Any other the squad and the manager. The second one is from Alex AFC3, who says, we, we've kind of touched on the second part of this already, but thoughts on Jose not yet finding the right midfield balance and who do you think... I said Carrick, Schneidlin, Pogba, but I'd usually use that for big games because that's two defensive midfielders and, and a perhaps a more exciting one, Carrick, Pogba, Herrera. Um, Carrick gives the controlling at the base of midfield. Herrera gives you that tenacity. Herrera's had a, a, a fantastic start to the season when he's come on. Not sure why he didn't start against Watford. Would have been a massive help in midfield. And then Pogba speaks for himself if he does eventually find his form. And, and Fellaini, yes, it's harsh to take him out, but... He's had a great start to the season, but does he affect Popper's contribution and other people's contribution? Probably yes. Yeah, I'd have to agree on that. I think my thoughts on Jose not finding his, his first his first choice midfield trio or duo yet is that I think it's about five games too late. Um, this should have been sorted out in pre-season, like you said. We didn't get to see, he, we and and he didn't get to see enough of the team in a game situation in pre-season because it was. Um, so much shorter than it normally is and I think in terms of our first choice midfield partnership like I said I think if I had to choose now it would be Pogba, Herrera, Schneiderlin I think that gives us the best balance that, that we can possibly have but I think really it's, it's a case now of finding that first choice partnership as soon as possible because Mourinho's whole career has been based on having such a consistent starting eleven. I can't, I can't remember the, the exact details of the stat, but there was a great stat during his um, second spell at Chelsea in, in the title-winning year about how few different starting 11s he actually put out when he had everyone available. And it was amazing to see how, when everyone was fit, you knew pretty much exactly what team Jose Mourinho was going to play. And that is how he's had, has, he's had most of his success throughout his career. And it's something that I think we need to get into our team now. Because that's how he's going to build that trust with the players I was yep, talking about. I agree. Um, although I think we still we need to test with our starting eleven. I think at the moment we shouldn't settle on something because it's clearly not working. That's all we have time for on quite a, a lengthy episode of the Manchester United Weekly Podcast, Series 2, Episode 8. As I said at the start, remember to vote for us in the Football Blogging Awards. Just tweet this phrase. I am voting for at UTD Weekly Pod, that's P-O-D, as best football hashtag podcast in at the FBAs, F-B-A-S. We very much appreciate that if you do, and hopefully we can get to the finals of the Football Blogging Awards as Best Football Podcast. For more information, check ManchesterUnitedWeeklyPodcast.com. It's at the top of the site. Thank you very much for your support as always. Jack, where can we find you on Twitter? At UTDTake, T-A-I-T. And you can find me on Twitter at HarryRobertson64, and as I said, the podcast itself at UTDWeeklyPod, P-O-D. Thank you very much for listening. Goodbye.
Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.